It's time for Dodger baseball. 3 2. Here it is! The Washington Nationals are world champions for the first time in franchise history. Welcome to Ducks on the Pond. Presented by Com Radio. Hosted by Logan Barandis with Gay Banjiri. Zach Lambert. And now the 1 1 pitch. Here it is. And it's swung on. Line to left base hit. And the A's have won it. Cespedo scores from third. A line drive base hit to left by Stephen Bolt. And the A's have even the series. And Ben Surface. So sit back, bang some trash cans, and enjoy. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Ducks on the Pond podcast. I'm your host, Logan Brandison. As always, I am joined in by Zach Lambert, Ben Surface, and Gabe Angieri. And we're back here for another episode. And a lot has changed uh, over the past two weeks where you haven't been on uh, this baseball podcast. A lot's happened around baseball. A lot's happened around every other sport as well. But a big story coming out right now is the MLB draft taking place tomorrow on Wednesday as we're recording this. And there are, there are a lot of changes coming to the MLB draft this year. It was held on. It is going to be held on time this year, but instead of the normal million rounds that the MLB draft normally has, there are only going to be five this year. Only five rounds for the MLB draft. A lot less players going to be taken. Probably means a lot of minor league, a, a lot of minor league teams going to be taken out for a little bit. But um, what is the potential impact a five-round draft can have in the MLB? Well, I, I think. It's it, it could be um, I don't know how much it's gonna affect the major league teams, but it's gonna affect the prospects a lot, especially the high school prospects. You know, these are kids that even when they get drafted in the first round, sometimes aren't sure what they want to do if they want to go to school or if they want to go pro. And with the draft only being five rounds now, a lot of high school kids aren't gonna get drafted, and that's gonna make this decision to go to college a little bit easier because. Instead of getting the five hundred thousand that they would get for like a six round pick, they're only going to get twenty thousand if they don't get drafted. So, you look at it from a high school player's perspective. This might make their decision to go to college easier. But as a team, are you going to take a chance on drafting a high school player now? It it really changes it for uh, players and and for the teams too. 
even college players, you know, teams now know that, um, you know, guys who don't have the option to return to school, they don't have to draft them and they'll still be there for the picking and they can offer them whatever kind of contract they want to without signing bonuses. And they may have, they can pay less for, um, guys who may have gone earlier in the draft had it been the normal 40 rounds, but I think it's just another way for the owners to save a lot of money. Because, I mean, you think about this season is potentially going to be cut in half and this draft is just being destroyed. You know, five rounds is, is a joke compared to what it normally is. Um, but it's it's a shame. Like you said, the high school guys who, you know, a lot less of them will have an option to even be drafted. And uh, uh, it's just a shame what's happening. I think I just think it's, again, we say it's a lot. It's just bad for baseball. Last year, the draft was 40 rounds. When you look back in baseball history, Mike Piazza was the last pick in the MLB draft when he was drafted. I know the story behind that, that was a favor by a friend that he was drafted. He turned out to be a Hall of Famer. I'm not saying any player today would be a Hall of Famer drafted the last pick, but it's just bad for baseball. So many so many young players, talented players, not going to be able to get their names called on draft, on draft night. It's, it's unfortunate. And I know the MLB draft more than other sports. The draft is more of like a wild card, like, a first round in MLB draft is not like a guarantee to be, oh, you're going to be a star in the major leagues. You have to go through the minor leagues. It just takes another hit on minor league baseball, which has been a common theme over the past year or so. Minor league baseball, a bunch of teams are already getting eliminated. I know the Mets had a few affiliates eliminated. It's just a it's just a bad look. and It's just, it's just unfortunate for the young players who hope to get their names called. Well, I think it's just like a cheap way for the owners to get something done that they've they wanted to do for a while. You know, they've been constantly trying to cut down on the, the number of minor league baseball teams. So what's a perfect way to do that? Well, you cut down on the influx of minor league baseball players. Uh, so I think it's just another way to execute an agenda that they've you know wanted to execute for a while now. Yeah, when you take a, when you, when you cut thirty five rounds in an MLB draft, obviously you have a lot of lasting impacts on the minor league teams. Obviously, a lot of um, minor league organization is going to be cut. It's going to have probably a lasting impact on MLB. There's going to be a lot less prospects to go around. Ben, you mentioned this is something the owners wanted to do for a while was cut down the drafts. It's going to, it's going to be interesting to see how many, how this draft really goes if, with a with a five round draft. Maybe a lot of people tune into the draft mainly because there's no sports on, but also because it's going to be a lot quicker than a 40 round draft would be, but it's going to be, a really devastating effect uh, on minor league organizations, on prospects that are willing that are going to be drafted or not or not be drafted. Because a lot of prospects won't be drafted with this new format, where a lot of Hall of Famers were taken late in those last thirty-five rounds. But it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with all that. Yeah, and you yeah, can get a lot of value. Like you could get a six-round pick for twenty thousand dollars now if the guy's coming out of college. So, like. This could be good for the owners and for teams, but this could be very bad for, for the players who, you know, fall somewhere in that like 6 to 11 round range and aren't going to get drafted. They're going to lose out on a lot of money, and minor leaguers don't get enough as it is. Yeah, it's just, I think the biggest the biggest thing is for the players who hope to get their names full. Because, again, there's going to be players who go undrafted to get signed. Because one of the... One of the Things with the new um with the agreements to go five rounds, teams can sign an unlimited amount of undrafted players for twenty thousand each. So a bunch of a bunch of players are still get signed after the draft, but just the hopes of getting your name called. It's just a lot of players. It's just not going to happen. And when you look at players today, Jacob Degrom, ninth round pick. There's only five rounds. 
that I you can go on and on. I'm not gonna name every player who was drafted after the fifth round, but a lot of talent that could have been drafted mid to later on in the draft is not gonna get drafted. All right, and with that, let's move on to the latest in the the fight between the MLB owners and the MLBPA. We've seen a lot of different deals or kind of agreements that, that have taken place between the two sides over the past two weeks. Uh, things ranging from 80-game seasons to 150-game seasons to now 50-game season. So I think the latest now being a 70-game season that was declined by the MLBPA. We've seen no real traction of an agreement between these two sides, which is making the um, likelihood of an MLB season going down every single day. So what do you guys think is going to happen? First with this new deal that just came out, and then with the uh, fight between the two sides. Somebody doesn't want, they don't want to budge. You know, right, the players have already agreed to prorated salaries, which I think that in of itself is a compromise, right? These guys were already promised their full contracts, and they've already compromised, and they're taking half of that, right? And they're, you know, they have the potential to play half of the 162-game season, so I think that is more than fair. Um, but so much of this is, you know, a money and a power thing. You know, the Major League Baseball has the CBA that's out next year. Um, so I think, you know, when Major League Baseball proposes all these deals um, where, you know, the big superstars, when there are so few of them, are sacrificing the majority of their contracts, and then you have lower minor league guys who are making the league minimum who get to keep the majority of what they're, what they're earning. Uh, and to me, it's just Major League Baseball or the owners attempt to kind of split the players union and kind of divide them against themselves when they go into, you know, even steeper negotiations next year. Yeah, it, this is a really, really bad look for baseball. They have like a golden opportunity here to come back and be the first sport back. And baseball is lagging behind two of the four major sports in basketball and football. And hockey is right on its tail. Like baseball is starting to fall off and they need to come out and they need to get things together to play. Hockey has a deal in place to come back. Basketball has a date. Basketball is coming back. Football doesn't look like it's going to lose any games. Like baseball needs to come back because we're going to see basketball in the summer. We're going to see hockey in the summer. Baseball is going to have to fight with these sports now when usually they, they're the only sport in the summer. And say basketball does well in the summer and they like starting the season later in December. Heck, we could see basketball starting in December and going through till July now consistently. That's going to hurt baseball. If hockey does the same thing, that's going to hurt baseball. So you're looking at baseball here. They're in a spot where they need to come out and they need to play. They need to get their guys on the field as quickly as possible. And both sides are being greedy in their own rights, in my opinion. You guys can argue with me on that. But they need to figure something out or they're going to lose a lot of fans. Because I know a lot of casual baseball fans are tired of this. And they're like, well, you know what? These other sports are coming back. Heck with baseball. We don't need it. It's just a really, really bad look. They had a golden opportunity right in front of them and they fumbled the bag big time. It's it's an absolute shame what is going on because the coronavirus is found, it's found decline, numbers are declining. It seems like the world is ready, is ready to resume. It's, the world's trying to open up and MLB just can't get it together. The players, the owners, mostly the owners in my opinion, cannot get it together. There, there should not be an issue over money. If you... The world is good enough to play. If everyone's if like the numbers are declining, everything's good enough to play. You should be able to figure it out to play. This is greediness. And CBS Sports has been keeping like an update 
each day, like, what's the latest to go on? Just listen to this line. It's being reported that the union thinks that the league's latest offer, which was the 70 game, 76 game season, 70, 75% pro rated salaries, the union believes that the league's latest offer is even worse than its previous pro- proposals. As each day go, goes by, I get less and less optimistic about there being a season because there's just no, there's just no coming together right now. It, the two sides seem to be very far apart. It's an absolute shame because, like you said, Zach, the NBA, the NHL, they're making plans to come back. The NBA is coming back. July 31st in Disney, the NBA is coming back. And baseball just cannot get it together. It's it's awful. It's well, it's embarrassing. They're getting to the point where if you wait any longer, you might as well scrap the season. Because, exactly. And, you know, for a sport that's losing fans, that the average fan is probably the oldest of any of the major sports, they're constantly talking about how do we grow the game? How do we grow the game? But every effort or every action shows that they care. They, care, they don't care about the fans. You know, they, they don't do anything um, to, you know, try and make it more interesting. Every, everything they do kind of seems like it's driven towards business and how much money can an organization make or the league make. And, and none of it is geared really towards the players or the fans who make them that money. Yeah, and we've talked about the MLB having this golden opportunity to beat the NHL, to beat the NBA, to be the first sport to come back. Um with this coronavirus going on. And we've talked about it since day one, this podcast went online and we've seen the NBA announced they're coming back. The NHL announced they're coming back and the MLB still can't get their act together. It's, it's, it's understandable that they haven't started the season yet. And the other sports were in the middle of the season, but the MLB had the opportunity to just take over the, this, this, this current time and be the first sport back with this coronavirus still going on. They've, they've definitely blown that right now. And every single day, it seems like it's getting worse. With the um, deals that Gabe has mentioned between the two deals getting declined and worsening every single day, it's an embarrassment to the entire MLB. Yeah, they, they fumbled just, the bag. They fumbled the bag so hard. So bad. It's so bad. You can't oh, have a Are you surprised, though? Like, does it surprise you that baseball did this? Not at all. The owners are being greedy. When they... They really shouldn't be being – they have – you cannot tell me the owners don't have the money to pay these players to have a season. It's ridiculous. The players already agreed to some pay cuts. Stop. They need to stop pushing it and just get to an agreement because, like you said, Ben, it's getting too late. For, you cannot have – if the further this goes on, the less and less games the season is going to be. You can't have a 50-game MLB season. I'm sorry. You can't do that. Yeah, you we can't talk about 162 games to 50 games. We talked uh, a few weeks ago about how, you know, would this be tarnished? You know, if you won the World Series, would this be tarnished? And most of you guys said, uh, no, it wouldn't be. But I think you're getting to the point when you're playing a 50-game season, I mean, that's like you see the Nationals. They wouldn't have been anywhere near the playoffs. They wouldn't even gotten a sniff of second place in the division. You know, that's a huge – Exactly. So, I mean, I think now we're getting to the point where if it's that short, it doesn't mean anything. The season doesn't matter anyway. So, it's, yeah. it's, 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 no other words. It's also a business. I mean, you lose your money. For, how often do these owners lose money? Never. I mean, you can, you, when you buy a sports franchise, you know you can make your money back. At the worst, you can break even. And so what? You lose a few bucks for one season. You know you'll make it back next year. Unless you're Jeff and Fred Wolf on the yeah, I guess. If, unless you're them. Well, you know, the thing, the thing that, like, really is annoying is that. If if the owners they're not going to be even losing that much money like ticket sales do not make up a huge portion of their revenue, and 
the cost to operate the stadiums, like it, them not having fans in the stadium is not going to lose them a ton of money. The TV deals is what makes them the money. So they're not, they're just not making money right now. They're not losing money right now, but they're not making money. And if baseball comes back, are they going to lose money? Probably not. They're still probably going to make money. The fact that they can't come to an agreement, are the players being greedy? Probably not. Maybe a little bit. Maybe they can take a little bit of a pay cut. You know, I've, like I've said it before, the, the virus has hit everybody differently and everybody's experienced some financial hardships. And yes, the prorated salary is a pay cut, but, you know, maybe a little bit less is something for them to consider. But the owners are being greedy too. It's it's greed on, on both sides. And they're, it's ruining the image of baseball. This is a national pastime. This game has gone through everything. You know, you look at the World Wars. You look at all the dark spots in the nation's history. What's been there? Baseball. Now when they need it most, when the people need it most, there's so much going on in the country. The virus, the protests, the riots. People need an escape. Baseball can be it, and it's not coming back because of money. And we're talking about guys who are making millions of dollars not being willing to take a little bit less, and owners who are worth billions of dollars not being able to lose a little bit of money. Like, it's it looks really bad to the American people who are not getting anywhere near that kind of money that they're not playing a sport because of millions of dollars. You know, it's just a very bad look on a sport that is becoming less and less popular People are just going to get fed up and say, to hell with it. Who cares? Move on to the next sport. It just seems like they're out of touch. Like they have no sense of reality in what the average American is going through. You know, we talked, you said basketball and hockey. They know what's going on. They made it happen, you know, and the, you weren't leaking deals from both sides out to the media. I mean, baseball has made this as ugly and as dirty as they possibly could. We don't even know the financials as to what the two sides agreed to for the NBA or the NHL. We don't know how they went about dealing with the money because it shouldn't be an issue. It shouldn't be important to us. But baseball is making it important to us when it shouldn't be. You didn't hear anything about money with the NBA. You heard nothing about money with the NBA. The star and the NBA stars came out and wanted to come to solutions so they can play a season. But I just want to read something from May 27th. Max Scherzer tweeted this out. May 27th. Tell me if anything has changed since then. After discussing the latest developments with the rest of the players, there's no reason to engage with MLB in any further compensation reductions. We have previously negotiated a pay cut in the version of prorated salaries, and there's no justification to accept a second pay cut based upon the current information the union has received. I'm glad to hear other players voicing the same viewpoint and believe MLB's economic strategy would completely change if all documentation were to become public information. It's almost, it's almost been two weeks since then. Have you guys felt like anything has changed since then? Two weeks. No, I don't. It's gotten worse. Yeah, exactly. That was two weeks ago Scherzer said that. I feel like nothing has gotten better, and maybe it's gotten worse. I feel like every week it's they always say, oh, this is a big, crucial week for Major League Baseball. This is where it's going to happen, or if it doesn't. Next week, nothing happens. Oh, the negotiations are getting far apart. It's just, it's awful. I mean, they're all over the place. They're nowhere near close to a deal. Do you guys, I have a question. Like, do you guys even think that a prorated salary is technically a pay cut? Like, they didn't work the first half of the season. Why should they get paid for it? Are they really taking a pay cut? If they're taking a prorated salary, because in my opinion, 
that's just getting paid for what you've worked. They didn't work. Why should they be paid for that? A prorated I mean, they, salary they is just what they're deserving. They agreed to a prorated salary. It's just the, ML, the ML owners are pushing even more. Yeah, so but, I feel like, but like, do you, like, say you, you work a job five days a week, right? And you get paid yeah. $10 a day. Yeah. So you get $50. If you yeah. work only three days that week, would you expect to get paid $50? I mean, I think the big issue is here is I know some people, I'm not saying all, because I know some people have been devastated by the coronavirus, but some people, even though they're being told to stay home and not work, they're still getting paid their full salaries. I know it's a rare case. I know a lot of people are out of job, out of money. It's devastating. I know some places, just like your normal, I don't know, just normal job, that is happening. So I feel like the players are like, oh, why isn't that happening to us? I think on both sides, it's a little greedy because although they, they did agree to prorated salaries, which is good, which I don't think is really pay cut. You're right. They're being paid for what they're doing, for what they're playing. But I don't think the players are in the wrong here because they agreed to that. Yeah, exactly. It, it was, it's a guaranteed contract. And then, you know, yeah. say, you know, you break, you break an arm or something, you know, something, some horrific injury. You have, you have an opening day. I mean, it very rarely happens in baseball, but say it does. You're still going to get paid for the entire season. It's not like, oh, I missed 90 games. I'm going to get paid appropriately. Um, I guess it's a different look when it's the entire league. But, I mean, I think the prorated salaries is more than enough. And it's not like the league is hurting for money. These owners got more than enough. And then you even think about the draft, all the millions they're saving there, the, you know, how many? How much do you even make in ticket sales? I mean, a lot of these ballparks are empty in the summer. You don't have to pay a staff, so um, it's just—it's a confusing situation. But yeah, I guess we'll see what comes of it. And and I think that the prorated salary is fair. Just to put that out there, like I don't think that's like not fair. I think a prorated salary is fair. I think that's what they should do. But what I'm saying is, for the players to act like they're making this huge sacrifice by taking a prorated salary, I think is wrong. And it makes the owners look bad. The owners do look bad in this situation. But the players are making them look even worse by being like, well, we're sacrificing by taking a prorated salary. I, I don't really, in my opinion, that's not sacrificing. That's like getting paid what you deserve to be paid. And for them to say, we've already taken a pay cut by taking a prorated salary, in my opinion, that is not a pay cut. A pay cut would be getting less than your salary. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to get into specifics on, like, what goes into all these contracts and stuff like that, because I don't know. So I don't want to, you know, act like I do. But I feel like this is a situation where it could have been done quick and easy. I mean, like, okay, we got time to fit in half of our regular season. Let's play 82 games, and we'll give you half of what you're normally being paid. That makes sense. I feel like it could – yeah, exactly. It makes perfect sense, and I feel like all this could have been avoided, and baseball could have been back, you know – a, a while ago. You Baseball know, could be, be in the regular season right now. There's no reason they should not be playing right now. No reason. Exactly. And and I feel like they just get in their own way. Um, and like I said, it would have been a quick and easy solution. Boom, we're going to play half our season. I'll give you half of what you're supposed to be earning. I feel like that is more than fair. Yep. Yeah. And you have American nurses, American doctors, people with coronavirus in, in the country going through what they're going through. And you have these the players and owners arguing about how, how much millions of dollars are you going to make. Which I mean, with these current times, it's just—it's just insane. It's just crazy. It's a—it's just a bad look. It's a very, very bad look. So we talked about what makes the MLB look look. We've talked about the negatives that the MLB's uh, been doing um, throughout their attempt at trying to return. The NBA, NHL, we've talked about a little bit before. They 
recently announced that they would be coming back. They put a plan in place, the NBA more than the NHL, but they put a plan in place to return to the regular season and eventually the playoffs. The NBA starting out, they actually announced that they would start the regular season on July 31st, just play eight games uh, with 22 teams going to one place that is in Disney in Disney, uh, Disney in Orlando. And then they go right into a playoffs with the regular season starting in December and they draft, I think, in August. That is that is a full out plan right there. The NBA put in place. No arguments, no, nothing about money, just a full out, well, well put down plan. I think it's great that they didn't leak anything when they're going in their negotiations. It makes the players look great, makes the owners look great, makes Adam Silver look awesome. And I think, you know, back to baseball quick, I think that's something that men, Rob Manfred should have nipped in the bud. Like, hey, guys, we need to get this sorted out. So kudos to basketball for doing that because, you know, a sport that's already on the rise, that has been on the rise, that you could argue is, you know, the most popular sport in the nation. I mean, some people say football, but you can make an argument for basketball. They won this. Basketball looks great, and their players look even better. Yeah, the players, like, got together and said, we want to play. Like, we will do what it takes to play. And it seems like baseball's players aren't really doing that. They're like, baseball's players are saying, we want our money. We want to do whatever it takes to get our money. Basketball players were saying, we want to get back out there. And I think that's awesome for the sport of basketball. And this kind of, uh, this kind of like, segues into to a kind of a big announcement for us, right, guys? We're going to be expanding a little more beyond baseball into some other sports. Yeah, I mean, with, with, with baseball kind of a little slow to come back and other sports, you know, getting a little quicker in that we'll um i, th- I think we're, i think we can talk about like one segment related to other sports every week on the ducks in the pond so you can expect that starting with this episode because we're really talking about every other sport and their road to coming back but um back to uh the world of the nba yeah like nba i think adam silver adam silver proves once again why he's the best commissioner in sports i mean this makes, this makes the nba look great i mean they got a plan there's gonna be 22 teams, unfortunately, my Knicks just didn't make the cup, said, but whatever. Knicks didn't make the cup, but 22 teams in Disney, eight regular season games, are pretty cut and dry. There's going to be a playing tournament for each eight seed in each conference. And this is great. Come July 31st, that's still over a month from now, but we've made it this far. We can make it another month and a half. It's okay. And it's just good that the players and the owners, and that's a good point that you made, Ben, that None of the negotiations really came out. They kept it in house. They talk, they like discussed it together. They came to an agreement, and this is what happens. The NBA is making the MLB look really bad right now. The NBA looks great. It's awesome that, that the NBA came to an agreement, and we're going to get sports back July thirty first. Now, I'm not suggesting this is just a question. Do you guys think uh, that since the NBA was so close to its postseason? And, you know, some players were so close to reaching the postseason, playing in the playoffs, or, you know, possibly getting there for the first time in their career, or, you know, cementing a legacy. Do you think that played a factor in how, how fast they got back? You know, Major League Baseball had just, you know, halfway through spring training. You know, if the, you know, shoes reversed, do you think uh, Major League Baseball would be doing the same thing? I think the um, NHL and NBA, they definitely have the advantage when it comes to, uh, getting a plan in place to come back just because they all they have to do is just play the playoffs that's really it when you're talking about the mlb you're talking about an entire season you're talking about an entire season's worth of salary so when you talk about the um, nba and nhl 
it's less salary than you're really talking about because you're talking about like 20, 20 regular season games and plus playoffs if you make it that far. So that gives that gives the advantage for sure to the other two leagues that were um, in the season. I might mention it before the MLB had a tougher time just because they hadn't started the season yet. They just uh, cut off spring training. But yeah, I definitely think the advantage went to the um, NHL and NBA. They have an advantage, but it shouldn't matter, you know. MLB should still find a way to get something done. It, they had an advantage, but it shouldn't matter. It should not matter at all. Yeah, the, the bottom line is the NBA figured it out. They came to an agreement. They put money aside. They're, they're getting back on the court July 31st. And the MLB is not doing that. I don't see them getting back on the field. I really don't see a season happening at this point. Because with the MLB, you need a spring training. You're going to need at least a month of that because players haven't played since, what is it, late February? They're, they're in the middle of spring training. So it's I know I keep saying, but it's a shame. It really is a shame that the, that MLB is owners, players, just not coming to an agreement. It's, it's, it's just a bad look. So what do you guys, with the NBA coming back, I just want to know, like, what do you guys think of the uh... – the format of how they're doing things like eight regular season games and then like the possible play in for the eight seed. What, what do you guys think of that? I like the eight game uh, pl- uh, regular season. Cause you do take a look at what the NBA is. They already played pretty much a full season. So those eight regular season games, that's kind of like what the uh, spring training would be for the MLB. You have the teams at the top that can kind of just get their rhythm back. Like those teams that already clinched their playoff spot already clinched their feeding. But for the teams, the few teams at the bottom and the few teams that haven't really clinched a playoff spot yet, those eight games really matter. And you're not playing teams at the bottom who don't deserve to be there, like the Cavs or the Knicks or like any other of those teams. You're playing actual playoff teams who are really getting a good warm-up in for what could be a really intense play-in for that playoff spot. I think it's really interesting because it's like another playoffs. You know, it's almost like a playoff just to get in. You know, it's you got to basically win every game if you're one of those teams right on the fringe. Um, so I think it's interesting. But then, like you said, for the teams who have already locked their their seed in place, that you know, like it's just another spring training essentially. And how cool? How cool would it be though? Like, could you imagine if the Pelicans find a way to play the Grizzlies in that like play-in, and it's Zion versus Ja Morant to see who makes the playoffs and who doesn't. Like that would just what? be so cool. That'd I think be perfect for the NBA. Yeah, I think I think Adam Silver, like when he was coming up with this plan, he was probably thinking like, how can I get Zion into the playoffs? How can I get Zion the most spotlight? Because what the Pelicans are three and a half games back of the eighth seed right now. What other reason would the NBA be like? Yeah, let's make. The eighth seed and the ninth seed, if they're within four games of each other, play for a play-in if it wasn't for Zion. Like, he just wants Zion to get attention, and I don't blame him. Zion is going to get people to watch. And a Zion-John Morant play-in series would be so fun. So fun. I don't think it's all Zion. I think that um, the NBA had to find a way to get at least nine Eastern Conference teams in there just because the Magic had a huge lead on everyone else for that eighth spot. Like, they were five and a half games up on the Wizards, so they had to make it fair enough that it seemed like the Wizards can come to Orlando and have, like, a fair shot to get in those playoffs. I think Zion plays a good part in why it's four games. I think he draw a huge number of fans to um, their television screens to watch him play. But um, I think the Eastern Conference had a huge part in those uh, four games 
that that's like four game difference. That's a good point. And and one thing I don't think people are talking enough about is how awesome the time lapse videos are going to be come playoffs. Because think about this: so when a home team in the playoffs, their advantage is that they get like uh, they one of the advantages is that they they're going to get to bring their home court. So they're going to get to like put the wood down that they would play on in their arena. So I think there's going to be five games a day, roughly. So imagine this, right? You get the time lapse of them putting the court on, and then the game going, and then they take it off. They put a new court on, then the game going, and they take it off, put a new one on. That time lapse video is going to be like top ten video. That is going to be so awesome. I think the thing with the uh, like your own home court is you have the option to uh, do that if you want to. And I couldn't really see that happening unless, like, the Lakers play the Clippers and the Lakers are the home team, and they just do it to, like, spike the Clippers over. But I think I think they just, like, use, like, the regular um, court that they have. But um, unless you're playing the Magic, then you, like, have to get your own home court because, like, it's in Orlando already, and the Magic are just home. You're killing my, you're killing my dreams, Logan. I just want to see this time-lapse video, man. That would be cool. That would really would be cool. <laughs> that would be, like, the coolest time-lapse ever. But... A point that, like, somebody made to me the other day was, I was like, yeah, but, like, what advantage would that give you? And they're a Sixers fan, and they were like, well, Joel Embiid, like, you can use it for landmarks on the court. Like, Joel Embiid always posts up at one of the stars in the circle. So if he's at home, he can just find that star and post up, whereas on the road, you know, it's not always the exact same place. So using your home court might have some small advantages like that. But um, other than that, you know, I don't really see a huge advantage in it, but... Except for the time lapse, like I need that video. I need it right now. That's gonna be the, that's that's gonna be the best thing to come out of this NBA. If that time lapse video happens, it's going to be the coolest thing that happens in Orlando. I could I could see teams opting to bring to court because I mean if you're if you're you know you work so hard to get this home court advantage and now there's no fans and there's no home court advantage. I feel like the least they can do is throw down your home court. You know. I, I think um going back to the whole NBA thing, I think it's just uh. I, I like the format. It's uh, it's gonna be interesting. Just regular season games and right into the playoffs. See all the stars on the court. It's a perfect idea. All right, and another league that um, was coming back was the NHL. They made the announcement before the NBA uh, about their announcement. I think that they, their big thing was that they were going to go right into the playoffs, unlike the NBA. There was gonna be no regular season games to kind of warm up. I, th- I think there was not, like, one specific destination like the NBA had Orlando. But um, I think it's the 24-team playoff. They added a bunch of, the, a bunch of extra teams. They're, ha- they're having the uh, top four teams in each conference get a bye. But the, difference, the, the main difference between these two leagues is that the, M- the NHL does not have, like, a set date for return. They don't have a July 31st like the NBA does. So what do you guys think about the NHL's uh, plan to return? I think it's good that they're coming back, you know. Just to have the sport come back, uh, the, ex- the expanded playoffs is definitely cool. It's going to give some teams who didn't really have a chance to make the playoffs a chance just to play, just to get their fans to watch. And I think the NHL does have a little bit of a problem, you know, getting fans to watch. So the more fans that they're going to get to watch, the better. That's probably part of the reason they invited so many teams. Um, but... The fact that they don't have the two cities yet, they have 10, they haven't narrowed it down to the two that they're going to play at, and they don't have a date yet, is not concerning, but it is not as exciting as the NBA, where 
they're coming back. Like, everything is set. We're just waiting for that day to come. Whereas the NHL, you know, it could happen whenever. But the fact that they have a plan, they're miles in front of MLB, for one. And, you know, fans should be excited because it's going to come back. I'm not a fan of the NHL, um, but I will give them credit because this is something, you know, you have football and basketball that are head and shoulders above every other major sport. Then there's baseball and there's hockey. And I think they're in similar boats as far as the only true fans of the sport are the diehards. You don't have too many casual fans of either. Uh, and, And because of that, both sports are trying to, you know, find ways to make their sport more interesting, more appealing to young fans. Baseball dropped the ball. They did a horrible job. They're not even coming back yet. Hockey, they got it. They were way ahead of the curve. You know, they they came back before basketball, right? They started their negotiations yeah. and got it done. Um, so kudos to them for being the first team to actually agree to some sort of uh, plan to get back on the playing surface. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the NHL either, but again, it's um they they have a plan to come back, and that's something the MLB doesn't have. So I think it's a little um. The NBA is obviously a step ahead because they actually have an actual date that they're coming back, but they have a plan in place. Good for them. It's good for the sport. Yeah, and it looks like football is probably not going to miss any time either. So, you know, that's great for football and even worse news for baseball. So every sport seems to be coming back. Golf is coming back. Racing is back. Everything is back, basically, except baseball, and it is terrible for the sport. It's not even virus-related, the issue. It's just they're yeah. getting in their own way, their own greedy, big egos standing in, in the way of you know, getting this game back. Yeah, and like I said it earlier, they could be playing right now. There's no reason that they should not be on the field right now. We should be talking about Mike Trout going 5-for-5 five five with two home runs and a diving catch in the outfield, or Ronald Acuna hosing somebody from the wall. Instead, we're talking about why they can't come back. It is ridiculous. And- I was even thinking about this the other day. You know, part of what makes spring training so long is because you have so many people there, and the stars are only playing about three innings a game. When you have, you know, you have no minor leagues, so the spring training camps will be smaller. Do you guys think that you know guys would play maybe six innings instead of three, and therefore you know be getting more at bats, more reps, they'd be able to get back into the groove of things a little bit faster, and therefore not need such a long spring training. I feel like spring training could be like a, a two-week thing. It doesn't have to be too long, you know, like you said, Ben. It could just be like, it could be two weeks of seven-inning games, like every other day. And that could get guys back into shape, ready to go. So I Like, you know who's going to be on your roster. Like, if you're just, you know, putting together a major league roster, and even if they're 30 guys, you bring, you you know what 40 guys you have to pick from. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not just like bring your 40 men. Guys. Exactly, exactly. So, I mean, I feel like it should be a quick decision. They were close to, you know, done with spring training. And, you know, I'm sure rosters were already taking place and shaping up. But, I mean, it shouldn't be that long of a process to get your squad together and get guys back in the groove of things. Yeah, and I can't imagine that guys, like, aren't working out at home. You know, guys are definitely working out, staying in shape. And if they're not, then that's their own fault. So when they get back into the swing of things, it's going to take them longer anyway. So, It'll give an advantage to the people who are actually care and actually working out, which I'd assume is everybody, you know. All right, and with that, that is going to wrap it up for this week's edition of the Ducks in the Pond podcast. For Zach Lambert, Ben Surface, and Gabe Angieri, I'm Logan Brandis, and we'll see you next time.